1: Serving it up to you live on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. I'm Bruce Nolan, that's Nate Geary, and this is Food for Thought, a show combining two of your three favorite F-words. That's right, food and football. The third one is beloved cartoon character Foghorn Leghorn. (laughs) <laughs> Nate, were you were you around for the foghorn leghorn era of the Looney Tunes, or was that way before you? Not a shot. Wow. Not a shot. I am old. I am Not a so shot. so old. Thank you yeah, so no, much we know. for being we know. a part of this, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate it. As a reminder, that every show on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network is brought to you by Picasso's Pizza. That's right. Treat yourself. To the most flavorful pizza Treat on game yourself. day, Picasso's. Treat yourself. Picasso's, we are Buffalo pizza, shipping locally and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net We got people piling in the comment section. They're here. You know why they're here, Nate. We'll get to why they're here in a minute. Jason, Spes- yeah, the, the dude himself, is here. Karen is here. Says happy weekend, Bills Mafia. And drink. Not yet. Not yet. Randolph is here. Food for thought, go Bills. Chris says, let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Chris. Let's get started. But remember, remember to get your Genesee ready. Get your Jenny ready right here. Because Food for Thought is proudly presented by Genesee Brewing Company. Since 1878, Genesee has for generations of brewing knowledge into each pint, can, and bottle of their beer. They make no sacrifices when it comes to their beer. Brewing each with the highest quality ingredients. We're consistently great. Look, Genesee Beer, Cream Ale, and their specialty lines with beers like Roby Rukulsh and Octoberfest. Genesee Brewery, Rochester, New York. I had, I had the Cran Orange, yes, that you sent me, Nate, recently, and I, I really enjoyed it. I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna have a few tomorrow. I think it's gonna be a thing. Right now, I'm drinking a little... But uh, we're going to get into why. But if you got your Jenny ready, if you've got a pint glass that we sent you for giving a chat that was $10 or more, make sure you lift it, raise it, get ready,
0: remember to hit all
1: the engaged buttons, subscribe, rate, review, do all things, and we are off. For those of you who were here last week, you got yourselves the beginning of something legendary. At least we hope so. I would like to introduce you to the official Food for Thought drinking game. I have put it up on the screen for those of you who are following along. And for those of you who are listening in podcast form, I'm going to read. So I'm going to give you a quick second. accumulate a pen and paper to roll because we're not going to be able to keep it all up. Now we'll flash it every show, but we're not going to be able to keep it up. So if you are coming along with us on this journey, if you are going through the Food for Thought drinking game, then I'm going to give you a minute while Nate talks about this for a second to collect a pen and paper to write down these things to get started before the process begins. Nate, what do you think about this? All right, so here's a couple of things. I'm
2: only slightly worried that someone could potentially die in a one-hour podcast. So because of this, Bruce and I have actually had to shorten the pot. No, I'm just kidding. We, we're not going to be shortening the podcast. But I think it's important to go through some of these and quickly mention there are a few that I think could really get people into trouble. I'm going to start with number three, my cat jumping onto my lap. Uh, I can't control him. Um, he is very he's, – he's a he's a camera slut, uh, and he loves attention. So – that could happen anywhere between one to five times at the show. And I like to like shoo him off eventually, but he's very consistent. He's very persistent. So watch that one. Number four is, well, me dropping a local restaurant. I, I, that's only going to happen, you know, roughly three to four times in an hour. And the one that I think could be the, the, the most harmful for health. Number eight, Bruce says, what I mean by that is that could absolutely put
1: somebody under the table, Bruce. By itself, it yes. might crush the entire universe. That's a possibility. I think it's that very really possible. It's very, very possible. Okay. So I'm gonna read these to you one through ten. Number one, either host mentions their pet. <laughs> Fairly common, <laughs> happens more than one occasion. Either host mentioning their pet. Number two, either host mentions their Dynasty Fantasy Football League. that They are Guaranteed. in together. Guaranteed to pop up at some point. Number three, Nate's cat jumps on his lap during the show. You can decide to kind of handle this. If it jumps on the lap once, you drink once. If it jumps on the lap twice, you drink twice. Or you can just say, we can just cross it off the list, and it's only one, one time. time yeah. Whatever you like, you can do. Make sure to drink responsibly, as we always say. Number 4. Nate name drops a local buffalo restaurant. Number 5. <laughs> the third F of the show is actually an item that's, that's a subset awesome. of food. Number 6. There's a super chat, which means this could go this could you could double triple up on this. If someone super chats us about our pets or about our dynasty football Ooh, league, that's a double. a double banger. That's a double banger. A double, so banger. A double rainbow. Seven, a winner or loser of the week is some version of all of us. Nate, this is where you're guilty frequently. You'll be like, biggest loser this week, all of us for having to watch that game. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime that happens, a big winner, all of us, big loser, all of us, that's a drink. Number eight, Bruce says, what I mean by that is, which is just an absolute, the person who sent that to me knows me better than potentially anybody except for my wife. Because I do say that, all the time. I'm always defining things because I think it's what really I mean important. What mean by that is, and What I mean by that is, number nine, Bruce gives a fictional reason why his camera isn't working. Because inevitably, someone will jump in the comment section who's never been here before, and they'll yes. go, why isn't the Bruce guy on? And then I'll say, well, you know, funny story. There was an alien invasion, okay? That's cr- yeah. And apparently, all they want to do is collect hobbyist, podcaster, vidcasters, cameras. That's it. That's the only reason they showed up from whatever planet they were for. And so, you know, I was trying to be a good host and I just gave mine away and I'm still trying to wait for the next one in the mail. Number 10, Nate openly Googles something during a show. We've talked about this before. It's riveting content. It is. Everyone loves it. It's amazing. And you know, it all works. Now, this is really important. If you are in the comments section with us, because this is going to be a communal experience. Yes, that's right. I hope you've written all 10 of these things down. If you are in the comments section with us and one of these things happen, you have to point it out and say, drink. So, for example, Michael Partham at the very beginning said, foghorn leghorn is a chicken. Chicken is a food. The third F is a food. Therefore, drink. We got our first one in. Wow. Partham. Axon a Jackson, two, two, two sends a super chat and it just says drink is a sticker. holy
2: cow he, that that's a really good reference that's that's what you like to call is a deep cut
1: absolutely that's a deep a, cut from a, the, the deepest of all potentially cuts so now we're already two in ladies and gentlemen we are already two in so i really hope you enjoyed. it i think it'd be fun it's something we came up with last week and i just thought it would be a good time to be part of this you know be part of this Mm -hmm. how is my audio right now Nate is it coming through okay you sound okay you sound okay Okay. better better than you did before I had a little wi-fi glitch earlier I was getting a a little wi-fi glitch in my top left hand corner and I was like that's the FBI they're tapping in tapping that's exactly what it is they're tapping in they're trying to get a hold they're trying to hack in and that's the reason why I had to give my camera to the aliens Makes sense. I had to Makes give my sense. camera to the aliens so the FBI wouldn't hack it. Had, had, had to really uh, move the scent off of it, you know, for the, for the FBI. Well, yeah, if there's the tracker in the camera, now it's not only yes. not in the state or the country, it's not even on the planet. No There'll idea up, where they are. You know, Epsilon 5 looking for me at this point. It's you, just not checkers, okay? chestnut checkers. We are going to get started with a relevant food topic, and it's going to be food too pricey for your tastes. Food that's right. too pricey for food. my taste, oh, too pricey
2: good. for my taste, too pricey. Yeah, come on.
1: Okay. Food too pricey for my taste, too pricey for. Me. Yeah, okay, we're good. Anyway, moving. Food too pricey for my taste. I'm going to get started. Usually this is where we talk about caviar because Nate and I talk about caviar as he mentioned before way too the show much. way more than two people who don't drink caviar. Drink, oh, drink, drink, drink caviar, eat caviar. What is- You did tell me that
2: caviar was a lot like little mini salted
1: uh, um, boba tea. So that's probably where your head was going. That's exactly what it is. That's 100% why it is. 100%. So the food that is too (laughs) pricey for my taste, I'm going to go with foie gras. And I've used foie gras as the F before. Foie gras is duck and goose liver, right? That's what it is. It's essentially liver butter. (laughs) <laughs> that's essentially that's the texture you're talking uh, about, right? It's yeah. liver butter, and I just can't get behind it. When I go to a restaurant and I see that they have foie gras on the menu, which has only been you know a few times in my life, it's not something that's commonly thrown about in the country. There's always something better, cheaper, a hundred percent of the time. I've never thought to myself the curiosity of having foie gras has never been important enough to me to spend that money i've never thought to myself you know what i really need i need some foie (laughs) gras and i'm willing to pay extra for it for a lot of people this is where they would pump in things like um five guys right every time i say i like five guys i was like well if i want a burger for 20 bucks i can go somewhere else yeah that's what i was saying five guys i'm expecting to show up for a lot of people here for me five guys there's a time when i want to have a burger, and I'm willing to spend what I need to spend to get five guys. I'm willing to do that. At no point in my life do I ever anticipate it being a spot where I'm at a restaurant and I cannot find something I believe to be a better value proposition than the foie gras. So for me, too pricey for my tastes. Nate? Obviously, I picked the same thing. Did you really?
2: Yeah. Did you really? I the, yes, I picked the exact same thing. Thank you. Wow. Mm-hmm. I hope I talked long enough to stall. And and we've got some ginger simple syrup uh, in this uh, old fashioneder here.
0: Mm.
1: All right. Well, while you're while you're thinking about something else, we're gonna go to the comment section real quick. Trey Hardy says, "How is mm. either host mm. mentions the FBI? Not one of the rules." And Karen says, "Because we would die." She says. <laughs> I love I love the comments section. Bill sends a super chat. Everybody, super chat, got a drink. is this is the glitch why you're not on camera? Yes, that's that that's the reason. it's It's not the aliens. it's the glitch. hundred percent. Michael Partham says naturally the FBI is more interested in an anonymous podcaster than aliens. That would make sense. That would 100 percent make sense. Nate, did I stall long enough? Do you have anything I mean- that you're ready to go? I, I went,
2: I'm going to do something, I'm going to mention a food that I like the family of it, but the actual item itself, so um, prosciutto. Okay. I like speck way more than I like prosciutto. Prosciutto sometimes just gets a little too oily for me, and there's way too much, sometimes too much fat content, um, and when the fat content overwhelms it a little bit, it comes to. To me overly spicy or not spicy <laughs> salty not spicy um i i would prefer uh, like a spicy ham over uh prosciutto and mostly because every time you're going to go somewhere to get prosciutto um there are other aged meats that are far in front of line for me than the traditional um well i, I mean spec is number one what would you say your your favorite smoked and or aged meat would be
1: Oh, that's a really good point.
2: Because, like I said, it, it's there's something about prosciutto to me that is like the third or fourth. It would be like down the list of of smoked meats that I would go after. Is it, is it technically smoked or is it just
1: aged? It's, no, let's, it's let's, just it's just dry, it it, right? It's salt aged. Let's, let's look at prosciutto. Here we so, go. Let me uh, let me get on Google really quick. You're gonna Google it. Drink. Nate's googling something. It's a kind of ham that has been either dry cured or cooked. I think dry cured is the is the most common one. Uncooked. Unsmoked dry cured ham. So there you go. That's why Chinese I mean prosciutto. it's it's still,
2: it's just old 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 ham. You know is really all it is.
1: Okay, it's too pricey for your taste.
2: It, it is. It just based on like if I it, I like the point you made about the value proposition that you're going to get yeah. with like foie gras. It's exact. So I've been to Paris before, and in Paris. We went, so right below our Airbnb uh, in Paris. By the way, we stayed in a shared Airbnb with an American author, and it was probably the coolest thing that I've ever done in my life. But I digress. She told us to go. Wow. Did you see that? My cat just jumped right above me. He doesn't even care. He's up here. He's just chilling. We were Um, drinking again. We were very close to drinking again. But we went down to this place that was in the, basically the downstairs of the building that we were staying in. And it was a basically meat plate with cheeses. And Bruce, I'm not even kidding you. We walked by. The reason that we like went in was it was just, there was so much stuff on one cutting board. It was like seven or eight different kinds of meats, a lot like a pate, a foie gras, like that kind of stuff. And you're in Paris. Foie gras is a a French delicacy, right? So we're like, okay, we're just going to try it. I can't say that I like overly enjoyed any of those meats, But it's the same thing for me, and it's the same idea as foie gras just like, if I'm going to spend the money because it's really delicate, I sometimes feel the same way about truffle, but I actually really like the flavor profile truffle brings. Not everybody does.
1: I actually think truffle would have been a good one for me because I, I'm I'm the same way as you. I just don't I don't get anything from it for me. I just like a shave of truffle is like eight dollars. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just it's not worth it. No, just, no, you know, not at all. Throw some salt on there, baby. Let's just cut something different. So the Bills mm. just beat the Chiefs last week. They they go into their bye week thing. off of a victory, and we're happy about that. Mm-hmm. And I talked a little bit on the Bruce exclusive earlier this week about some of the fan reaction to the game and how it feels like people always try and minimize a victory by saying, oh, congrats on winning your Super Bowl. That's That's right. Always really annoys me. But given the fact that it wasn't the Bills Super Bowl, but it was a Mm -hmm. food. If Bills Chiefs was a food, Nate, what kind of food would it be? Oh, I thought long and hard about this
2: one. I'm excited about this one, Bruce. And I'm glad you're letting me go first because I just have the weird feeling like you might have also picked this. Um Uh-oh. chicken and or country fried steak. Depends on where you are in the country. They call them different things, right? Some places call it chicken fried Son steak. A...
1: Really? Yes. Chicken fried, Shut steak. Chicken Shut fried steak. Shut up. Chicken fried steak. Shut up. Chicken fried steak. I I can't I can't believe it. This is the second time this has happened. You not, correctly this not, guessed not two things. You correctly guessed guessed the third F word a couple months ago. Yes, that's and right. This, I did do this that. Is that ridiculous. was ridiculous. All
2: right. Keep, keep talking. I gotta write something else. Frank Frank uh, so <laughs> but the fact that this happened in back-to-back segments, it's just each other piggyback. That that's that's good stuff. And I'm I'm glad I'm gonna get to do this one because I put a lot of time and effort into thinking about why Bill's Chiefs was chicken fried and/or country fried steak. And Bruce, just like the country fried steak, has everything a man could want, right? It's got steak, it's deep fried, like fried chicken. And maybe the most important part, a sausage gravy on top. That Bill's game had a little bit of everything, just like the country fried steak has a little bit of perfect of everything. Josh Allen was the perfect piece of dry-aged New York strip steak, a.k.a. the beef, right? The hurdle was the perfectly golden brown crust, the deep-fried to perfection, of course, and the game-winning drive, the touchdown pass to Dawson Knox. It was that perfect – I think sausage gravy is the right way to go, but you can go any gravy. It has to just be a white – Hardcore black pepper gravy over the top of that. Um, my buddy that owns Teuton, <laughs>
1: drink. Put <laughs> drink. Tuton and Compass What are run. we at now? Five? Uh, six? I don't
2: know. There you go, everybody. Um, 20
1: minutes. So your buddy who owns Teuton. <laughs> compass
2: Run. Um, compass Run. So he changed his concept. And one of the first things he wanted to do <clears throat> was a aged country fried steak and he does it with like the really flaky batter when it's good when it's country fried, and like i'm talking like a big old strip steak so um that's like the problem with can can i say something about chicken or country fried steak bruce that i think is a bit of a hot take is a lot of places do it a lot of places don't do it well because sometimes it almost feels like it's a cube steak or it's like a salisbury steak that's used it's not like a
1: real they can get steak. away with a lesser quality meat because they're covering yeah, it in the batter yeah, and because they're yeah. frying it and because they're putting the gravy on it.
2: And it's not easy to cook properly. You really have to time up the internal temperature of the steak with the outside temperature. You, it's very easy to overcook, but it's equally easy to undercook as well. Undercook the steak and then, you like, it is not an easy thing to cook. But the thing that upsets me about it is just like some other Bills Chiefs games, right, is sometimes there's been lower quality. It's supposed to be this super luxurious thing that you're going out, you're having a kind of luxurious breakfast, but sometimes, depending on the quality of meat that they use within the actual product itself, it can be a little overrated. It can be a dish that you don't buy, even though you're like, ooh, they've got country fried steak on the menu. You know what I'm getting? And you're like, ah, that's right. You know. Then you have to ask the waiter or waitress, and there's nothing worse than being that guy or gal where you're like... Could you tell me about the country fried steak? And, you know, you're not trying to, like, cut to the, you know, but, like, can I cut to the chase? Are you guys using cat meat for this uh, this uh, country fried steak? Because could you could just tell me now, you know, like, but you don't want to be rude. You don't want them to be like, they're, they're what, what are they going to say? Yeah, you know, or we're actually using the trash meat. Now they're going to say, no, it's really good. So it's like you're never going to get the true, you know, quality of it until you get it. Or you try to hope that somebody else buys it. And here's the thing, too. If you're at a restaurant that has country fried steak and there are multiple tables eating it, you probably shouldn't
1: order it. That is a hot take. That's a really hot take. While I'm continuing to stall for my brain to catch up, the Michael hit us with an awesome one. Said, how about if the bye week was a food? And I'm not even going to take this one. And the Ooh. reason that is, is because Bill killed it in the comment section. Bill said the bye week is broth. It's technically food, but never satisfying. See, also broth, great for you.
0: Specific bone broths are
1: really, really good for you. Mm -hmm. You don't really enjoy it, but you know it's really good for you. So I think broth is great. Bill absolutely crushed it. I have no further comments on that. And I do have something for the Bill's Chiefs that is not chicken fried steak. (laughs) And I'm going to say it's this. It's the chicken wings that you used to have in college that you went back to in your 30s. And I'll tell you why. When you go you back cut? and you try a food that used to like mm. tear you up a lot. Now you're just you somebody that college, you used to know. Yeah. right? Somebody you used to know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll realize that your tastes have changed a little bit and they don't really mess with you as bad as they used to because what you don't realize is that the food really wasn't messing with you. It was the quantity you were eating and the fact that you were consuming copious amounts of alcohol alongside of it. That was what was screwing it up. So you go back to your old college town and you say, oh man, Romano's. Let's go to Romano's. I haven't been there in a million years. You go to Romano's, you sit down. Oh, it's a, just a fictional place I just made up. Oh, okay, I have, no, I have no idea if there's even a Romano's available. If you only
2: told me there was Romano's, I'm like, okay, yeah. sure. That sounds, sounds like a place yeah. where you would go. Yeah, Frankly. You go to Romanos. Wait, wait, wait.
1: What was the one? Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I
2: don't want to derail this really quick. The place that Miss Nolan likes to go to that had the sauce. What is it? Um place that Miss It's the crazy name. It's the
1: crazy that I told you I thought was a fake place. A buca de Beppo. buca de Beppo. That's right. Buca de Beppo. Yes. <laughs> so so you go back to oh, – we, we derailed. You go back to Romano's, you have the chicken wings you used to have when you were in college, and all of a sudden you have a, you have a dozen of them, you have them, and they're fine, and they don't tear you up at all. And you go, well, I, that wasn't so bad after all. I, I, I think that this is way better than I remember it being. And that's what the Bills Chiefs is to me. Bills Chiefs to me is – This team was 13 seconds away from being the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. This team beat the Chiefs by 18 in the regular season. The way that we remember it is this heartbreaking, horrible stuff. The way it actually is is the Bills were probably the better team in 2021. That was the reality. But the way we feel didn't necessarily line up with the reality. And so because of that, sometimes you need a reminder. You need to go back and you need a reminder about what actually is versus the way that you it that it was because you remembered those wings from Romanos absolutely destroying you. What you don't remember is you had 47 of them <laughs> and you drank 12 beers. That's the reason you're torn up. It's funny. So for me, that is Bill's chiefs as a food that is not chicken fried steak. Not bad for a guy who had to think of that on the fly.
2: I can't believe we both picked the same one again. Sh- I,
1: we might have to start sharing prior to the show. No, it's more I, fun when we don't.
2: It is, it is more
1: fun. It's more There's fun no when Bill says that. you guys might be spending too much time with each other. Here's the funny thing. We really don't spend that much time together. We try to limit it as much as possible because this is all <laughs> this is happening too much. It, it, we don't really. I mean, I haven't seen physically Nate in person in months and months, months, and, months and months. Months. Right? Months. Right? I think yeah. I've only seen him in person. Twice? twice, in year four years. Yes, twice, twice. I've seen you in person twice in four years. So yep. that's clearly not it. Now we are constantly texting about fantasy football, specifically our dynasty league drink, but but there is you know much less face to face to social contact as you would think there would be given yes. the nature of these um, things that keep popping yes. up on our show. Yes. Moving along, the reason why we talked about food too pricey for our tastes. It's because I wrote an article for Buffalo Rumblings that's going to come out this weekend. It's an opinion piece on why the Buffalo Bills did the right thing in not paying the price that the 49ers paid for Christian McCaffrey. But Nate could have a different feeling. I don't know. So the food simile for today is the Christian McCaffrey trade makes me feel like. Hmm. And you went first on the last one. I'm going to go first on this one. Okay. The Christian McCaffrey trade makes me feel like you went to a bachelor party and everybody decided that they went to the strip club and they were gonna have the buffet at the strip club. And you said, you know what, some of that stuff looks pretty bad. I am not gonna do that. And then they all got sick. Everybody got sick except for you. And you thought to yourself, Wow, I was I was thinking maybe we were gonna have a good time tonight. I'm just at this point, I'm just glad I dodged a bullet. That's the way that the CMC trade makes me feel. Because it really isn't a question of yes or no. And I mentioned this on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network with Bruce Exclusive a couple of weeks ago. I said, just do you want to trade for Christian McCaffrey is a completely loaded question. Am I giving up a conditional seventh round pick? Then yes, absolutely I do. It's not about yes or no. It's about a value proposition. I've mentioned this before a million times. Everything in life is a value proposition. And this is no different. It's about what you're getting versus what you're giving, what you give versus what you get, and so for me, when I look at the CMC trade, I think to myself, the Niners better win something because they don't have their preferred quarterback in yeah. right now. They made a, they made their call. Their preferred quarterback was Trey Lance. They kept Jimmy Garoppolo as insurance, and then they doubled down on their insurance by trading a two, three, four. 5 for Christian McCaffrey. They were one pick away from this being Ricky Williams. Yes. Ain't? Yeah. They're going to get a picture of Kyle Shanahan with Christian McCaffrey in a wedding dress and it's going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. For yeah. those of you who were around in 1999 and following this you know what I'm you know what I'm yep. I'm referring to. So for me, it makes me feel like I was part of a group. You know, that group was the people who were competing for CMC, the Panthers GM Scott Fitter said they had three firm offers. John Warow from the Associated Press said the Bills offered a two and balked at anything over that. I'm
0: Good not sure that. how
1: I would have felt about Christian McCaffrey for a two, but hmm. but here's what I do know. We didn't have the buffet and the person who had the buffet. I think they're going to get sick because yeah. the only way they don't is if they win the Super Bowl. That's it. That's the only way this works. So for me, it's a good one. I'm out. And I'm yeah, out very... because I don't want to take part in a strip club buffet. <clears throat> hey, what you got? A strip club buffet. Only on this show does a strip
2: club buffet become a topic of conversation, which is what I love about this show. If the Christian McCaffrey trade or or I should say the Christian McCaffrey trade makes me feel like the first time I ever had melting pot. Right. Everyone was posting these artsy photos of various meats and veggies and desserts that were being dipped in cheeses and chocolates. All the luxury you think you could handle, just like in the NFL, having a running back is a luxury. It's not something that teams typically good teams invest heavy dollars into. Right. Some people, they'd rather just do it at home, Bruce. They'd rather go to the store, go buy some carrots, go buy some, you know, some smoked Gouda and do it to themselves for a much cheaper price. And just like this particular move, the bills were at least in the neighborhood of spending a lot. And I, and I think I tweeted in a, not in the sane world, but in a, you know, and just common sense would tell you that a second was a bit of an overpayment, right? At least I think most people would agree that a second was overpayment. And just like you realize you just spent a hundred dollars on like glorified finger foods from the produce section, and oily cheeses that slide through like an Arby's beef and cheddar nacho cheese, cheese whiz. um, You feel sort of violated sort of like how I feel having heard the compensation last night for Christian McCaffrey. I just think it's so much for a guy who's been so injured. And even I I, listen, I try not to Jeremy White has this. It's the chart, right? And it's, Oh, your team trades for a player and wow no that's that's great we, we the bills didn't overpay we really like the player oh someone else trades for that player and has to trade a certain amount to get it and the bills don't do like oh god they paid way too much this is really one of those times Bruce where the San Francisco 49ers paid way way too much especially for a team that does not have a, I, I would say a certified franchise quarterback they think maybe they had a franchise quarterback and then he broke his he broke his leg in a pretty gruesome way he's going to be out for the rest of the season is is Jimmy G going to be the guy that is able to sort of give the ball to all the pieces in that offense, all the models that have to be fed in that offense. And and everybody wants to point to, and I think rightfully so Bruce, that they've just plugged and played any Joe Schmo at the running back position that they've had success. Uh, They have one of the better run blocking offensive lines in the entire league. They've got Trent Williams for God's sakes. And and they've got Debo Samuel. who I think they want to maybe not have run the football so much. I know he didn't really want to run the football, Bruce. So, Now I think you can sort of move away from running the football with Debo Samuel or in a lot of cases, which this will be the interesting thing to me, Bruce, is how many opportunities in shotgun do you have Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel side-by-side in the backfield in shotgun next to the quarterback? I mean, I'm interested in what that could look like. I'm really interested in what that could look like with Trey Lance. Um, But I'm not sure Trey Lance is a franchise quarterback, Bruce. He might be. And I know you just unloaded him in our Dynasty League. Drink.
1: I did. I unloaded him. Uh, I gave up uh, Lance and two ones mm-hmm. for Kyler Murray and three threes, because at least it's just safe. I, I know Kyler Murray's on the can't get rid of me contract. Yep. It, I just know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's going to be a dude for the next three years. Now Lance could be better, and I could be wrong. But, but if if security. Lance is not good, Bruce, they're in trouble. Yes, they are. And you don't know anything about Lance at this point because no, you he's know played nothing. so little football for so many years that you get to a spot where you go, okay, it's we're projecting now three years in the past. Right. That's how far right. we're projecting now because that's how long it's been since Trey Lance has spent meaningful consecutive games on the football field. The thing that I think is yep. interesting about this McCaffrey thing for the 49ers is uh, Michael David Smith, I think, said it on Twitter last night. He said, it feels like the Niners... Learn the wrong lesson, because if anybody in the world should learn the lesson that you don't need to spend that kind of capital on a running back to get production, it's the Niners. So it's like, oh, Kyle Shanahan's had a different leading rusher for six seasons. That that speaks to how good the system is. Why are you saying that like it's a bad thing? Yeah, that's that's a good thing. That means you can plug anybody in and get massive production. You can book Elijah Mitchell from the sixth round. You can plug Jeff Wilson in. You can plug whoever you want in and get meaningful production. That should tell you you don't need to. You can spend that stuff on other things. It just feels a little bit desperate from the 49ers. And if you're going to be desperate, why are you desperate with Jimmy Garoppolo? When you already were desperate in acquiring his replacement, yeah. <clears> so now you're swinging for the fences to acquire a replacement, and then the guy you were trying to find the replacement for, you're swinging for the fences to support him to win a Super Bowl. But if he wins the Super Bowl, what are you going to do? You're just going to kick him to the curb? Or are you going to pull a Trent Dilfer on him? You're going to have him win a Super Bowl and then say, Trent "Oh, by Dilfer. the way, that first round pick from a couple of years ago, yeah, he's still our dude." So in a best case scenario, you win the Super Bowl and you flushed three ones down the toilet with Trey Lance. That's the best-case scenario. Now, I know that's – probably they'll take that. If you could offer three first-round picks and win a Super Bowl, you'd do it. But the three first-round picks aren't what got you to the Super Bowl. It's the guy you were paying those picks to replace. That's right. Who ended up helping you get to the Super Bowl.
2: It just would be a gigantic waste of – the part of this, Bruce, is – It feels like it could be a gigantic waste of resources and assets for Christian McCaffrey when they've already done that on a quarterback that it doesn't appear has the chops to be an NFL thrower. He reminds me a lot of what I'm seeing from Justin Fields. The sloppiness, Bruce, to me, is the thing that looks very difficult to overcome for both guys. They need everything to be perfect around them. And, you know, at least with, you know, from what we saw from Trey Lance, it was so early in the season when the injury happened, at least Kyle Shanahan looked like he was running an offense that was built around what Trey Lance's set were. It's very different offense that we're seeing Jimmy Garoppolo navigate right now as the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, unlike what we're seeing in Chicago where they're trying to run in a, a pro-style, West Coast-style passing offense that requires all the traits that, you know, Justin Fields didn't have coming out of Ohio State because they just don't practice fundamentals of NFL quarterback play at Ohio State or something. So, um yeah, it's – um it's a little puzzling. I'm not going to lie. At the same time, that's that. Who right now are better than San Francisco and Philadelphia in the NFC? It's going to be it's going to be those two versus the field. And you know, I like you. You get to a one game playoff, and Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't turn the football over. They'll have a shot. They'll have a shot to win another NFC championship game and get to a Super Bowl. Will they win a the Super Bowl with Jimmy G? I don't know, but if they win one with Jimmy G with this roster as, as it's, com, you know, currently structured, are they keeping Jimmy G around if they win a Super Bowl? I don't know how you don't. And because... What if they're close to winning a Super Bowl, Bruce? What if they lose in the NFC Championship game
1: and they lose because, you know... They were uh, close Jason before Hurts goes... The right, 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 like you, you right. You can't get back right. again. You can't get close again and go, okay, well, now we're going to keep him because... Being close is what caused you to go get Trey Lance because close wasn't good enough before. Bill in the comment section says, is CMC the food saver? Like, you know, you'll say you'll use it, but it ends up sitting on the counter making you rethink your life. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's it's the food saver, but it's you use it and then it breaks. Yes. (laughs) That's why it's it's the food saver. No, what it, CMC is
2: a lot like the food shop. Remember that? Remember the infomercials for the blue yes, socks? It was showing your face all the time. You would always see the infomercial no matter where you were. And you're like, fine, I will buy this thing just because I keep seeing the infomercial for it all the time. You buy it and use it one time. And they're like, for six easy payments of $9.99. And instead of just saying, you know, that it's
1: $75, it's. Are you a Mitch Hedberg guy, Nate?
2: uh in my you know back.
1: yes i do yes i do okay so mitch hedberg had the line where he talked about the five easy payments and he was like yes man just for once i want somebody to say it's four easy payments and then one really hard payment (laughs) (laughs) just one really difficult (laughs) payment there at the end (laughs) axon jackson 222 says drank Uh, sends a super chat what are we eight now I think deal. we're at eight. So the answer to this question, because the question early on was, "Do I take shots with this?" The answer is no. You don't. You take drinks with this. You pour yourself a drink. You have a drink when something right. like this happens. I'm so, almost done. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm. not done yet. No, I'm. I'm. And for those that don't know, Bruce, tell the people what you're drinking. Oh, I already said I'm dr- drinking toasted marshmallow bourbon. Oh, you did here. tell. I yeah. thought you just told me. I didn't know you told the people too. Yeah, told the people. Moving told along. We have got an email from Andy. Andy says, fellas, I'm a Bills fan living in the NYC metro area. Ever since the New York football Giants hired Brian Dable and Joe Shane, I have been telling any Giants fan who will listen, family, friends, coworkers, the dude at the local deli, that they should be raising their expectations for the team. And hot take, they'll pull a 2017 Bills and sneak into the playoffs. The reactions were mixed, but five weeks into the season, I feel vindicated. The Giants win in London over Green Bay feels like the Bills 2017 win over the Falcons, who, if you'll recall, were coming off a Super Bowl appearance. This leads to my question. Given all the personnel connections between Buffalo and Big Blue and the aforementioned Mm. parallels in the timelines, should Bills fans be silently cheering for the Giants this year? Nate, should Bills fans sure. have the Giants as a secondary team this year? Yeah, because A, they can play spoiler. B,
2: they can potentially make the playoffs over the Dallas Cowboys. That would be good. That would be good for business. That'd that be great. I, and part of me, I will admit that I don't have the same hatred for the Dallas Cowboys a lot of people do. And I know the New York Giants also... Beat the Buffalo Bills, so maybe this is a little—I don't know—feels a little wrong to root for them because of the Super Bowl history and the Belichicky and, the, and all that. But good for Brian Dable. Brian Dable is easy to root for. Um I think a lot of people here in Buffalo that I think I think he got blamed for things and for. Things that happened offensively early, especially like in the middle part of Josh Allen and their tenure together, the second half adjustments to a quarterback that was still growing. I, I think part of the Dable conversation is his development of Josh Allen. And, you know, is he's getting more on Daniel Jones. There's no doubt about it. But let's not pretend like Daniel Jones is throwing the ball 30 times a game. Um he's still, I, I think what he's doing better than Joe Judge did is he's insulating Daniel Jones. He is not asking Daniel Jones to win him football games. He's not asking Daniel Jones to play outside of his ability level. And partially a very different approach to Daniel Jones than to Josh Allen, especially year two, year three, year four, Bruce. I think Dable was giving Allen more and more and more and letting him at times fail in order for him to grow as a player right now there is not that same approach to daniel jones it's it feels like we know what your limitations are and we're not going to ask you to do anything that's not within that limitation and they're getting a great 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 year from saquon barkley who it feels like they are, they should try to resign. but i like he's going to be another guy that probably makes a whole bunch of money this offseason he's a free agent at the end of the year but it just it feels like there's two different approaches and it's a winnable formula it's a winning formula but at the same time bruce i i I think about Brian Dable, and I think he got a lot of unjust and a lot of um, misplaced criticism when the offense didn't look like it looked like this year with Josh Allen is this mature and it's playing this well. Um, I mean, he didn't play like the Josh Allen MVP level Josh Allen that we are seeing right now until the end of his tenure here in Buffalo, essentially. Um, But he was a part of that development process because, Bruce, he asked more and gave him more things because, A, I think he knew he could handle it, but, B, um, they needed him to handle it. They needed him to be that player for them to continue taking their steps as an offense. So I just think it's two very different approaches, but it's very clear to me that he's more than just a play caller. He is a darn good coach. He's a darn good head coach. I think the difference between becoming a – the, the coordinator or a head coach transitions harder than people think um, because you can be a great play caller and be a terrible head coach. Um, and, and I think you see examples of that all the time. Adam – you know, Gase is a great example of that, right? I mean, what a great play caller, ups- allegedly, he was under Peyton Manning when he was his quarterback. Um, and he Peyton Manning dragged him everywhere he went, but he just was not a good head coach. Josh McDaniels, I mean, their record's not very good, and I think people are looking him at the same way. People, people said the same thing about Lane Kiffin. So, yeah, I mean, the, the transition from head coach and, and from play caller to head coach is not as seamless as people make it seem, but I think Brian Dable is sort of the beacon of that transition
1: how quickly people forget about what brian dable actually was when he got here to buffalo when brian dable came to buffalo the knock on him was he's never coordinated a good passing offense that's and right i of course went back and said well he's never had a good quarterback but what you saw was you frequently saw him be able to build offenses around running backs yep so the fact that he went to the new york giants and just pulled out his old well we had Peyton Hillis. We had Jamal Charles. We're building the offense around this running back. He pulled out, just just dusted off that old manual, went to his library, pulled out this old book, said, hello, old friend. I remember you. And I think that the fact that the Brian Dable legacy is secure in Buffalo allows you to be able to root for the Giants because now – Bills didn't suddenly become a bad offense when Brian Dable left. And because of that, you could feel free to cheer for Brian Dable without the narrative being it was more Dable than McDermott. Sure. Right? Because a lot of people who were finding reasons to hate on Josh Allen this offseason were like, well, he's never been good without Dable. Oh, it's like the last bastion of Josh Allen haters. Where are (laughs) you now? Like the last bastion. Well, well, let's see if we'll do it without Dable. Right? That was the last thing. That was all you had. Now you got nothing. He's just really good. That's all there is to it. So for me, I look at Brian Dable and I say, okay, you just dusted off your old manuals. And it gives me more respect for the work he did here early in his tenure because early in his tenure, he didn't have a running back to build all around. And he didn't have an elite quarterback to build around. That's right. Because Josh Allen wasn't elite until 2020. So when 2018 rolls around, you don't have a good running back to work around. You don't have any of that stuff because the 2018 Buffalo Bills had what was left of LaShawn McCoy around, right? That was not a, you know, a really significant version of LaShawn McCoy at that point. And, you know, you, you, you didn't have, you had rookie Josh Allen. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't even, not only was an not elite, he wasn't even good. No. His no. first year, you know, much he had, less. He, he had flashes, but he was not good. No. So, The Brian Dable had to be completely, completely remade because he didn't have an elite running back to build around like he had previous stops, and he didn't have an elite quarterback to build around. So that was it. That That was all there was. Do you get the sense,
2: Bruce, that that's a team that brings a quarterback along and, and I want to maybe in a roundabout way ask you if you feel like Will Levis is the perfect quarterback for Brian. Dabell. I do.
1: I do think that Will Levis is the perfect quarterback. I for do Brian too. Dabell. I do too. Um, I know that Anthony Richardson from Florida gets some first round buzz. Yeah, I think that you can see you can see a scenario. I would where like Anthony Richardson to go back to college. I would too. But a lot of people wanted Josh Allen to go back to college too for the same reasons. Yeah, super raw, yeah. crazy athlete. Bub Rub twenty three gives me. A super chat for the Peyton Hillis name drop. Everybody, drink. You I have a drink
2: for a book. I'm already actually. I'm
1: Bill, off. super chat. What dessert would the second half of the Bill's schedule be? Oh, my. You're putting us on the spot, man. You're putting us on the spot. What we're going to do is we're going to look up the Bill's 2022 schedule. We're going to look at the easy. half. I am going to read this to you, Nate, and we're going to come up with a dessert, okay? I've got one. Okay, go ahead. It's boxed
2: Brownies. Here's right. why. So I really like homemade brownies. I think they're really good. Why are we whispering? Because, you know, she, she likes to make homemade brownies. Okay. And I now. I I really just like the box stuff. Because I'm a peasant. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You know, sure. I just I I like what I like. I like the cheap stuff. I like, you know, the vegetable oil and really, really, really just like undercooked borderline raw brownies. And I like it from the box. I'm a sicko like that. So um, it's box brownies because A, they're easy to make um, and B, you know exactly what you're going to get. And I feel like the rest of the schedule, Bruce, is setting up for the Bills to win 15 football games this year. I mean, seriously, that's. That's how I feel. I, and I know that the the Patriots um, have looked a lot better. No doubt. Okay. Can they score enough points to keep up with the Bills? No, they, they can't. Um, the New York Jets have looked. Whew. I mean, they've got I, – I, I think I'm on record as saying that I think they're the second best team in the AFC East. Um, they can play at all three levels defensively. Their quarterback stinks. And he's not doing the Josh Allen thing either, by the way. So <laughs> – I don't want to see the uh the comps with Josh Allen. Just like I'll never ever want to see Josh Allen and, and Justin Fields comps ever again. Please spare me. Um it's just not gonna happen for 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 Wilson. I I think if um that was a franchise that didn't need him to work out, Joe Flacco would be the starting quarterback. He should be the starting quarterback, to be quite honest with you. Um so sh- if, if you're telling me those two teams, I think the Bills beat the Dolphins again. I think the Minnesota Vikings are frauds. I think they're fake. I don't think they're actually that good. Um, I think they're gonna be a one and done when they get to the playoffs. Um let's see who else I think Green Bay has lost to both New York teams. Am I and and they're 0 6 in, in in Buffalo. They've never won in Buffalo in, in their uh in the franchise's history. I mean, there's no way the Bills can give up a win. You can't be the first team. This team can't be the first team to give up a win at home against Green Bay.
1: Okay, I've got it. What do you got? The second half of the Bills' schedule is creme brulee. It is creme brulee because the first little bit is the crunchiest, but let's be honest, you don't really have to put that much effort in order to crunch that thing. To break through, you don't really put your elbow into breaking through the sugar layer on the top of creme brulee. right? You don't have to torque your elbow. Now, it's the most difficult, but that's relatively speaking. So Packers, Jets, Vikings – Right, those are three teams with winning records. Right, back to back to back. So it's the toughest stretch coming out of the bye: Packers, Jets, Vikings, based on their records. But none of those are teams the Bills can't and shouldn't win against because they should. They should win against those teams. So, but then you go Browns, Lions, Patriots, Jets against Dolphins, Bears, Bengals, Patriots. So at the very beginning of your creme brulee jersey jersey journey. The creme brulee journey, it's the most, it's the most significantly you'll have to exert yourself, but it's still not significantly from a come up no. exertion. No, it's easy to break through. It's, it's easy, easy to break through. through. So yeah. you should expect to break through. I like that, Bruce. You That's should expect one. that. So for one. me, it's creme brulee, and being able to do that on the spot is incredibly hard, guys. I don't know if you know, like that. That is extremely difficult. What Nate and I just did to be able to do that. So for me, the dessert is creme brulee nate winners and losers this week in the nfl you want to start with winners or you start with losers uh let's start with losers let's start with losers you know, let's, and let's i'll start with losers
2: and i'll go first uh biggest loser this week me you and all elijah mitchell for uh dynasty owners. Uh, oh dynasty drink oh, shit. <laughs> Even you forgot. Even I forgot. Um, yeah, I mean, what a gut punch. People that are sticking around hoping he was going to be the player. Um, that he looked like he could be early on, especially early last year, gets the injury. And then he gets the injury one quarter into his season this year. And um, his inability to stay healthy made him expendable. I, I am surprised that Jeff Wilson has played super well in his place, Bruce. It's not like they needed the running back. It's not like the Bills where you look at you're like, okay, it's this offense is missing a dynamic piece. That's not where you would say San Francisco was missing. But um, yeah, Elijah Mitchell, it's it's I don't suspect they trade him. They could maybe he gets healthy before the trade deadline and they move him. Um, and or maybe they move him at the end of or at the beginning of the, the offseason. Uh, but it looks like he's, you know, maybe another depth piece at best, but maybe worth a stash in dynasty leagues because you know Christian McCaffrey gets hurt a lot. The Dolphins.
1: Elijah Mitchell, Dolphins? Yeah. Most 30. Edmonds has been disappointing. McDaniels knows him from the time as a run game coordinator last year. Just saying it could happen. So what you need to know about Nate and Elijah Mitchell is that Nate is responsible for some of the best trades and the worst trades I've ever seen in my entire life. So I've mentioned before that I traded Michael Pittman after his rookie year to Nate for a second round pick. He absolutely obliterated me in that trade. Just obliterated me, right? Pittman's worth probably at least a low one at this point in dynasty and, but this off season, Nate traded Nick Chubb and a two for Antonio Gibson and Elijah Mitchell, both of whom are not starters for their team now. So again, some of the best trades I've ever seen happen from Nate. Some of the worst trades I've ever seen happen from Nate. <laughs> it's none of the nothing, in the, nothing in between either. It's amazing or it's terrible. So for me, the biggest loser this week, it's J.K. Dobbins. Oh, yeah. Both it's of us. all in the dynasty route here, right? man. J.K. It's... Dobbins, second knee surgery. Now, he's still 23 years old, right? There are plenty of people who bounce back from this kind of thing, right? Yep. But a second knee surgery in 18 months is never a good thing. Now, this is a scope, right? It's cleaning out some stuff. When they say it tightened up, there's some inflammation there. So, obviously, he wants to get it done. But if next year isn't a good year for J.K. Dobbins, it's over. The idea of him being a a good back is still fine. The idea of him being a feature back is basically gone at that point. Because what did Barkley look like the year after his really significant ACL tear? He didn't look very good last year. Then two years post-ACL, that's when people tell you they start to feel normal again. So and. Dobbins was ACL, MCL, PCL, meniscus, and hamstring. He tore all of them simultaneously. So two years, 2023 was always the target for J.K. Dobbins to be back to his normal self. However, that timeline is now screwed up because of the secondary surgery that he's going to have to have. So my biggest loser, J.K. Dobbins, this is a guy who's on a second round rookie contract, not a first rounder. We yeah. have the fifth year option. It's a second round rookie contract, which means it should be as he good as it gets. Should be as good as it gets. This yeah. is year three for him. It's really important that he comes back and hits the ground running in year four so that he can make sure he gets the bag. My biggest loser. Biggest winner this week. Nate, who's your biggest winner? My bigger
2: my biggest winner this week. The Carolina Panthers. I thought that they were absolutely rooted in another reality. Like I thought that they were living in the upside down. That they could sit out there and demand two first round picks. Now they did not get two first round picks. They did not get one first round pick. But they got the equivalent. If you look at a lot of like trade charts, like draft, like how much a, a pick is worth. If you want to move up. The Jimmy Johnson trade value chart, right? They got the equivalent of the fourth overall pick in draft picks back for Christian McCaffrey, which has to be better than I know anybody outside of Carolina thought that they would get for him. Now, Carolina might feel a little disappointed about that because they didn't get that first out of it, but I happen to really like what they got. I think that they are packing their stockpile to try to get a decent coach in there. And, and, and I, you know, you heard some of the quotes from Sean Payton. This week from Jay Glazer, talking about Peyton's not interested in that job. But if the only way that you could get a coach like Sean Payton to get interested in that job is to start stacking draft capital because they have some of the least amount of draft capital in the entire league. The question is now, are they going to move a guy like DJ Moore? Are they going to move a guy like Brian Burns, Shaq Thompson? Um, and if they're willing to do that, or Derek Brown, if they're willing to move one of those pieces, uh, they're talking about Brian Burns potentially being worth two first round picks. Now, that's a guy, that's a position you could actually potentially get to. Marcus Davenport got was worth two first round picks for the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> so you, you <laughs> like you, you can't tell me that, that Brian Pine Burns, Burns can't is bet you, right. He can't fetch you two first-round picks. So um yeah, and I also if I also want to maybe add in here another bigger biggest winner, the Rams for not getting Christian McCaffrey. They're the also the biggest winner. If they gave up that draft capital. With the window that they're in right now, oh my gosh, that would that. Now I know FM picks is funny, but it's actually not that funny. It's not. It's funny, but not as funny as the Rams were trying to make it. That this Shanahan saved McVay and Snead from themselves. Also, a bigger, biggest winner. That's a good take.
1: I like that take. And you Kyron say- Williams
2: deep stashes as well. Like I, I got him in a couple of
1: my leagues because he's obviously from Notre Dame, of course. Bill says, how good will Cook be from Buffalo? Now, if you listen to Nate, he was gonna be Arian Foster and he was gonna take hold of oh. this entire this entire uh, running misquote, back position. Fake
2: news. That was misquote. <laughs> he's, trying to, he's trying to throw me in the bus. I said it would not surprise me if he had an Arian Foster-like emergence. Right, arise. I did not say he'd be or is Arian Foster. So Fake news. Fake news. Fake, fake news. news. You're for the um, fake media. So
0: I will say, though, go, go go,
2: no, you, 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 you do the cook take. I'll give you my cook take
1: after I hear yours. This is what it feels like to me. It feels like right now they just don't trust him that much. That's right. And that's okay. But the longer it goes without trusting him, the more you start to think about players like Ronald Jones. You have the Ronald bill schedule Jones, up. Say that again? You have the bill schedule up still? Uh, I do not have the bill schedule up. You can pull up I do. While I'm talking about Ronald Jones. Okay. Ronald Jones, ironically enough, is one of the best pure runners in football. I know that sounds very hyperbolic because you never see him. But the fact of the matter is it's true. But Ronald Jones can't catch, he can't pass protect, and he makes mistakes all the time. That's the reason why he can't stick on an NFL roster. It's not because he's not a really good runner. He's a really, really good runner. But there's a lot more to playing running back than just that. If you want to look at whether or not a rookie can get on the field as a rookie, it's can they block? Because coaches aren't going to let a rookie running back, no matter how good of a runner you are, get your quarterback killed. And so there's more to being a great running back than just running the ball well and in James Cook's scenario, I know that there are things that he can do that other running backs on this roster cannot do. I mentioned on Twitter that the running back who made the play against the Steelers to run into the end zone, that guy is nowhere else on the Buffalo Bills roster. Mm-hmm. Just James Cook. I was like, "Well, that's ridiculous." No, no. He can't Devin Singletary does not have the wheels to get the corner and the angle on that safety. He cannot get away from a charging Fitz Patrick, towards (laughs) him. Minka Fitzpatrick is going to get him. But James Cook can slide off to the edge. He's got the wheels to be able to get that angle and get into the end zone. But it's not good enough. That's not enough for you to be a meaningful player in the NFL. You got to block. You got to catch. You got to make no mistakes. You got to not get your quarterback killed. You got to look good doing all the things that don't involve you touching the ball. Because a running back is going to be on the field. A running back is hey. going to be on the field for the vast majority of all offensive snaps. But you're not going to run the ball on the vast majority of all offensive no. snaps. So what do you think they're doing the rest of the time? All of the things that you need your running back to do that don't involve running the ball that will determine right. whether or not you get to see the field. Now, it's still really early, okay? Okay. I'm not hitting the panic early. button yeah. on James Cook at all. Me either. But, but I'm gonna be watching every single time he's on the field when he doesn't carry the ball. Hmm. Because I wanna know if he's doing things that will tip me off as to why the coaching staff wouldn't potentially trust him. Nate, I think
2: on. I have I think I have a big reason why. And if you listen to, maybe it was Sale that mentioned this, Sal Capaccio, right? If you listen to the words that Sean McDermott says in the press conferences sometimes, and then sometimes you get affirmation from what some of the players say, right? One of the things we kept hearing about, there was a word that you kept hearing about James Cook, and Josh Allen mentioned it a few times when talking about him. Sean McDermott mentioned it. For, what was that word, Bruce? It was made famous. It was made famous by a certain Philadelphia 76er named Allen Iverson. What was practice. that word? That it, Practice. That's the word, Bruce, is the easiest way to gain trust in this franchise, in this organization, how it's currently set up at the field, how much Sean McDermott preaches, talks about, mentions, obsesses over practice. Josh Allen mentioned in a lead up to the Pittsburgh game, the thing that he noticed the most about James Cook his performance, how much he was taking practice seriously. And I think that there was a growing period, a growth period for James Cook coming from Georgia, where I ha- I, I think that with how big the roster is, it's college. I don't think that it was the same level of attention to detail and practice as it is in the NFL, especially for a guy who's trying to prove he can be trusted in those situations. And I also think doesn't matter what either team says. They're lying to you when they say that each of these teams don't didn't take the Bills Chiefs game like it was a playoff game. Both teams did. They shortened. It reminded me of like a basketball game where shorten a roster. playoff basketball game. You shorten the bench, and the Bills did that. You did not see a lot of, uh, you know, Sira Neal. Sira Neal was the only like bench defensive back, the only bench defensive player that saw extended time. And every time he was in there, he got penalties, so he got pulled. So it just to me, Bruce. That was not a good game. That wasn't a good opportunity. I didn't expect to see a lot of James Cook in that game. But look at this Bills schedule, right? The Packers next. The Packers lost by three scores to the New York Jets last week. There's a good chance late in that football game, they're going to be up two scores. He's going to get some opportunities late in the football game. The New York Jets, the Bills, I think the Jets are an up-and-coming team. The Bills should handle their business against the New York Jets. I think James Cook could see some time against a very good run defense in New York. The Vikings could be a close game. They could be throwing the football a little bit. Maybe they won't see as much time there. They should smoke the Browns. The Browns stink. He should see a lot of time against the Cleveland Browns. The Lions have the worst defense in football and they're playing on Thanksgiving. You could see a lot of James Cook. The worst Um, run defense as well. You could see a lot of James Cook. The Patriots, better run defense. Jets, better run defense. Dolphins, I'd like to see – by the time the Bills play the Dolphins again in December, I'd like to see James Cook a little bit more a part of this offense. And if – Is there a cutoff point for you, Bruce, where it's time? And maybe it might be time and has nothing to do with James Cook. And this is where it stands for me. After the bye week, I'd like to see Duke Johnson in for Zach Moss.
1: They already inactivated him. They
2: made made him inactive last week.
1: I'd like to see a two-man split, not a three-man. I'm fine with running back by committee. I have no issues with it. I have always preferred my backfield to be two instead of three. I think three spreads it way too thin. People can't get a rhythm. I just much rather it be Singletary Cook than Singletary Cook Johnson, Singletary Cook Moss, Singletary Cook Black Cheer for those people who really loved him on the practice squad. I know he's on the Panthers right now. I'm just making a joke about preseason football, but I much rather it see two man than three man. Hmm. But what if the two-man
2: right now was Duke and Singletary with James Cook as the third guy that maybe they use a little bit to try to get him involved? I just – if you're not ready to make James Cook part of a two-man, which it seems like they're not. Maybe they will be after the bye. Maybe. Maybe. But they weren't last week. And they weren't the week before, and they haven't been so far this year. They've given Zach Moss every opportunity to take it, and he has not. They've given him too many opportunities. He doesn't have it. He
1: doesn't have it, Bruce. My biggest winner for the week. Mm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end Cade Otten. Deep cuts. Deep cuts. Cameron Bright leaves with his second head injury in the last couple of weeks. Rookie tight end Cade Otten assumes the tight end one role. Played 94% of the snaps. The week that Bray was out and shockingly has the trust of Tom Brady. How you managed to do that is beyond me. But getting a rookie tight end who has the trust of Brady is staggering. The hugest W. One of the best plays I saw last week was from Kate Otten. He was completely blanketed. Up the seam. And Tom Brady said, Yeah, I'll throw it to him anyway. And he threw him and he made a ridiculous catch with a guy blanket all over. I'm like, That's Gronk. It's Gronk right there doing Gronk things. Maybe Gronk. And And that's Brady what he's thinking. He's throwing the ball, going, Oh, if it was Gronk, I'd throw it to him. Sure, let's give him a shot. But if you can manage to get meaningful targets at the tight end position as a rookie from Tom Brady, there is some possible upside to your career. And I know this was a very weird tight end class this year. For a lot of people, who, who was tight end one this year depended entirely on who you asked, right? A lot of people was Trey McBride, Greg yep. Dulcich, Kate Auden You know, for a, some people, it was the Virginia Tech tight end who went to the Colts, whose name is escaping me for some reason. And I uh, don't Jelani remember. Woods. Jelani Woods. Woods, thank you very much. Jelani Woods. So this is a weird tight end class. It felt like it was yep. five or six deep of people who you could you – could, Picture being tight end one, but there yep. wasn't that upper echelon guy. I think there's a possibility because nobody's really established themselves thus far, right? Dolce I think, looked really good for the Broncos. Yep. But Kate Otten has a chance now. You know who that I, might... that guy. I
2: I would like to say one name before we wrap this show up. I'm ready. You mentioned a lot of rookie tight ends. You know who you didn't mention? Who didn't I mention? Daniel Bellinger.
1: It's because the offense is so bad.
2: I, I, but he might. He's like he's tight end twelve right now in standard leagues. Yeah. Tight end twelve.
1: Yeah. It's it, it, it's just it's the off the offense is so bad with the with the Giants as far as passing offense. Passing offense is so bad. They just hit two hundred yards. They're like, yeah, two hundred yards. And you know he's been getting some red zone touches, and that's awesome. You know, and I like Bellinger, but that that offense just can't be trusted as far as passing goes, not with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is a shockingly reasonable threat as a runner right now in his career. But that passing offense, I just, I just don't trust it. Bill I, says, guys, oh, I'm okay. out of beer, which is good. Cause we're out of time. Works <laughs> out. Well, a
2: good, it's a good transition. My friend, look at me go,
1: look at me. Yeah. go! Almost like uh-huh. I know what I'm doing here. Nate. Well, let's not, let's not almost. I said almost. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me and Nate. This evening on Food for Thought. I hope you had fun. I hope you enjoyed the drinking game. Shoot me an email. Shoot me some messages on Twitter. Let me know if you enjoyed it. I think we'll do it again. I think I had a good time. Nate, did you have a good time doing it? I did. I had a really good time. It was such a good time. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you drank responsibly, but I hope you didn't leave hungry.